make sure there aren't barriers that are keeping people from having the opportunity to be successful. Hello and welcome to The Cusp Show, the Columbia University sports podcast. Scott Rosner, along with my longtime former colleague, co-conspirator, and still sometimes partner in crime, Ken Shropshire. Ken, how you doing? I'm, I'm happy to be on The Cusp, as usual. Am I the first one to use that? You are. <laughs> We're like 400 shows in, Ken. <laughs> Congratulations, you're the first one to use it. Um, hopefully the last. <laughs> so, Ken, let's take us through. So, so our, you know, we were together for a long time at the Wharton School. You've got to be careful the way you're phrasing some of these things. I know. Long time. Uh, you, you ran the, and started the, the program at Arizona State, which was really cool. Global Sport Institute. Global Sport Institute. Um, you've since returned to the Wharton School. Tell us about what you're doing now. I am a senior advisor to the dean. I'm a professor emeritus, probably most importantly, so I still have my hand in the sports stuff. And I am leading a new initiative the dean's put in place called the Wharton Coalition for Equity and Opportunity, which is seeking to deliver whatever it is leading business schools in the world should be doing regarding issues of equity and opportunity. So how do you close the wealth gap? How do you provide health care to people that don't traditionally get it? So all, all those sorts of things. And, and I even end up touching sports in, in that way, too, and some of the more traditional issues of how do we get more equity at, at the higher levels of sport, including ownership. You figure that puzzle out. That, that's one that, that uh, We've that been talking be about that for a generation. <laughs> so, uh, but having a great time. Having a great, we're actually, uh, breaking news for you, I think, we're actually having the NFL player program Again, I think I might have shared that with you. In well, I can't say that because we probably don't have a mutual agreement in terms of the timing of saying that. But let's just say it's on the horizon. There you go. <laughs> That's good to hear. That's a uh, terrific program that started back in 2004. That's right. Right. That's right. The, the the career transition program for the athletes. At the same time, we started the Wharton Sports Business Initiative. Yeah. That was you know, the first major program. Yeah, that's great that that's back. It, yeah. We ran it for a decade, a little longer than yeah. that, and then it went away for a period of time. Great to hear it's coming back. We could claim some very wealthy players as graduates of, of that. Of that uh, I mean, and, and players who, some of them were household names, right. um, you know, Hall of Famers uh, at this point, right. and others of whom really most football fans, unless you were a fan of the team or went to the university, where that player attended as an undergraduate, you wouldn't know who they are. Yeah, traditionally it was 36 players. 30 or so were active players. And, and the, the other uh, three to six were retired or, or otherwise kind of floating around the league. Um, so we had a wide variety, as you said. I mean, you know, big, we named names here. I mean, Brian Dawkins, probably the, Brian the Dawkins, biggest name Drew of that Brees. first year. Drew Brees. Yeah. yeah. So, so some really... It's really quality guys, including them. Outstanding, and it's funny. People have talked about this, and we, you know, we've had we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players come through it. What's funny, and we won't name these names. In all of those years, there were like two knuckleheads 
right? right? In all the years, and not knuckleheads in a bad way or anything. They were just like not into the academic part of it and didn't really give their their best effort. It's like one of those why you right, right. why are you here? Right. And so you don't focus on them. Every other you know athlete that we had there, whether active or or recently retired, was was outstanding. Right, and we didn't track with any scientific method who was successful and who wasn't. But we did kind of, um, in open space, watch names in the news and were always pleased not to see guys in terms of somebody losing money and that sort of thing that, that came to our program. Yeah. And they had that, you know, there are probably some, probably some did get caught up. But, but for yeah, the but I mean, the general successful. thesis of, you know, get rich slowly, right? right? Preserve what I'm still you working have. on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Anybody want to get rich slow schemes? Right, that, that is exactly. Hey, As we approach it's, seventy it's, on this end, I'm still looking for it. <laughs> it's the way to do it. So, so it's interesting, Ken. So, from the standpoint, and we haven't talked about this at all, actually. How have you found it? Looking traditionally, you look through a sports lens, right? It was was really you know how you've you know become a you know a, a kind of legendary figure in, in our in our world. Um, well, you hit a certain age, Ken. You go. From, <laughs> you know, you become a legend. I right? am legend. <laughs> right, you are a legend, right? Um, but how has it been looking at DEI opportunities from outside the sports world? Yeah. What are some of the differences? Well, you know what? So you and I have always talked about it in this kind of way. It's how do you make sure there aren't barriers that are keeping people from having the opportunity to be successful. And that could, those barriers could be based on race, they could be economic status, it could be religion, they could be sexual orientation, whatever it might be. So we've always looked at it in that way and not how do we give somebody something they don't deserve. So when I, when I hear all this noise in the media hating DEI, and, and you'll notice, I, 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 I have always, you know, I'm, I'm kind of slow getting on board with stuff anyway. The DI language, the label, I, I never use anyway. I mean, probably, probably I'm, I'm from, you know, early, earliest times. I wouldn't quite with, with James Madison in the constitutional language, you know, kind of equal opportunity, which is you kind of back to that again. Sure. But, but that really is what I think we can all put our arms around. I think the DEI, and, and there are, I'll say, say this, there are some bad DEI practitioners. Sure, of course. That are, There's bad everything. Yeah, that are only looking out for this group or, or, or that group and not saying hey, everybody that needs some kind of access that's not getting it, the chance to fail, we're here to try to help with that. Yeah. So, so that, that's, that's what I always looked at. And, and, and to point that out, you look at how the NFL has evolved in their talking about diversity in head coaching and the initial focus was on getting former players in there that largely happened to be African American and then evolved to coaches of color now to women as broadly as possible and they talk about the numbers they brag about 51% of the leaders in the league being diverse a big percentage of that that is, is women so how, how do we make sure that the opportunities are there and, and, and the NFL other sports are a great example of if you didn't play the game, you, you couldn't have access to, the, to these fabulous businesses. Those barriers have, in, in ver to varying degrees, we can talk about that, have been uh, addressed in, in most of the leagues. But it's, it's a long journey that continues. And, you know, sports is burdened with the, uh, or, or helped with the Jackie Robinson story, right? 
that that the sports can do it, the rest of society can do it. So so there's there's that too. In this moment, it's going to be interesting to see how sports reacts to uh, the billionaire uh, pushback. Yeah, no, it's DEI it's a fair point, right? So it's it's you know sports. The, the, the thesis that you're thinking about and that we've talked about forever, and that not just us, sports leads, right? right? Um, and so, given larger societal, I guess, trends and feelings and media uh, posturing around DEI and legislative as well, right? Uh, how the sports industry. Continues to lead. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the Rooney Rule is a great example. I mean, you talk about yeah. So let's talk about the Rooney Rule. You talk about uh, an experiment that continues to evolve. That you could say the the first couple years was very successful. That you know, at one point you had, uh, I think it was eight African American coaches, which which by the way is not the number that's in the ten that's being bragged about this year. I mean, in, in that ten, I think we have. One Latino, you have one biracial guy, you have one Lebanese guy. So it's you know, so it's but but we'll hear again. It's how you want to describe it. Sure. Coaches of color. Sure. It's a new day in terms of, of black coaches. Yeah, it's, you know. We well, get I mean, before. in a way, right? It's certainly it, it helps the NFL from a numerosity perspective, yeah. right? We talk no, about volume, numerosity. Numerosity, right? You like that? We, we have uh, Ivy League word. I guess we don't have dictionaries anymore. Right, exactly. Get on my the, the, phone. Right, so the numbers, <laughs> right? Yes. It, it helps tell the story. Yeah, it, it, but but it also is a way of thinking about it. You know, for take off the cynical lens for a second, it's a way of looking and thinking of, of opportunity more broadly. No, exactly, exactly, and and it's you know the the, the the nuance of trying to figure out what's the right way to do this. The, the Rooney Rule, as as you asked about, helps to get the focus going. And anybody that, that says the Rooney Rule is, is the perfect tool, they haven't looked at it very closely. It's you know, tried it in other industries. It's helped some, not in others. But it is a tool. You know, the real question is, how do you get people that make these decisions focused on something that maybe uh, they, in, in the language that's used, they unconsciously are not focused upon, or they, they may even be biased against? So, let me ask you this, Ken. How much of the growth in the numbers, right, that we that we think about of whether it's black coaches or coaches of color is due to the fact that where the trends have been focused on offense and hiring an offensive-minded right. coach, that is not necessarily the populations, the offensive coordinators, quarterback coach that have been uh, traditionally held by coaches of color. And that was an obstacle or thought to be an obstacle, right? right? And, and it seems that, you know, things always kind of go in cycles. But now you're seeing more coaches of a from a defensive background being elevated to the head coaching position, hired into those roles. How much of that plays a role? I, I think the, the conclusion is there, there is no long-term trend in terms of who's Who's hired? You know, you have your, your special teams coordinator moment. Right. You have your uh, young white guy with a scraggly beard moment. <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and now, as you raise that, I used to fight against and, and still want to make sure it's not a distraction, the idea of the pipeline and the idea that 
there aren't that many diverse coaches because they're not in the pipeline. Well, well, the pipeline was pretty full. Yeah, for but sure. as you raise as you raise in this moment, there is this absence of of the growing numbers of diverse OCs and DCs in the way that they, they have been. So, so you, you do have to look back at the pipeline. Yeah. You know, ignore what I said in earlier years. Right now, there's there is a pipeline problem. So you got to you got to build it back up. So, but but it's not. You know, don't put don't put all your ever used every cliche pop. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. <laughs> that, that 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 may well change again, and that you know there, there may be more quality control guys that just climb up the ranks yeah. uh, in a different kind of way. So let's pivot away from the NFL to uh, that would be more of a basketball. Uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking intercollegiate athletics. Okay. Right, but the pivot, you know. Well, of course, of course. Well, that's what they used to call the center back in the day, right? For from back when you played, right? Uh, so let's pivot to intercollegiate athletics. Okay, uh, period of seismic change. You've written about this for a very long time. Uh, once wrote a book, the miseducation of the student athlete. Student athlete, right? How to fix college sports? How to fix college sports, right? So here we are what, in 2024. What an ambitious title. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, so that didn't work, right? How do you think about, if you were to write that book now, how would you, what's your, you know, how would you prescribe a remedy for what ails intercollegiate athletics? First of all, I, so I'll bring your attention to that, that book, which, you know, in in this moment of things happening, well, let me look back and see what I what I said. I don't usually look at my stuff. Yeah. So it was written before the whole O'Bannon chain of, of cases. Correct. Austin, this was all, written pre NIL. All, all that stuff. Right. All that stuff happened, and it was in the midst of some of the first union kind. So 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 I so I was speaking more um, theoretically about yeah. this idea of, of paying compensating student athletes and and the whole thesis of the book is it's fine you know amateurism you know forget about it that's that that's a sham not worried about it what we need to look at is providing the opportunity for these men and women to get out with meaningful degrees that 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 was the way i framed it And, and, and even in that time too so you know five seven years whatever whatever it is later 10 years um the idea of the value of a college degree, I, I think we've even seen, you know, that's declined some from the oh, moment where, without question, you know, you're you're the, the the number then you're likely to make a million dollars more in lifetime income if you have a college degree. I haven't seen the latest number, but I'm you know there's so many people that are are so successful uh, besides you know Zuckerberg without without college degrees. So 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 that that moment's gone. But but, but my basic premise though is. Let's make sure the participants of college sports get more out of it than what they're getting. So that that, that was the idea, and, and what I think that you can give in this moment is this education. So spend the dollars on that first, and then look to spend more, deliver more to to the athletes. And, and I didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about you know how much Saban or whoever in, in, the, in that moment was getting paid and how those money should, should be out, reallocated. Sure, I think, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of inequities going on there as well. Of course, of course. Um, so, and we're in this moment with unionization coming around again, right? At, right. at Dartmouth, uh, you know, certainly the questions around. I mean, we can talk about NIL around realignment. 
uh, you know, there's, it, it doesn't, you know, there, I mean, there, we literally teach entire courses on this at, at, at Columbia. But, you know, eventually, is this a legislative decision here? Is this a judicial remedy? Like, what, how is this going to all, be, all sort itself out? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I always say a lot of it is, is going to be, as long as there's the, uh, you know, and a lot of people don't like to let it be called, called that, but as long as there is a wild, wild west kind of going on, I think a lot of it's going to be settled out by, by the markets. That, that, you know, SEC and Big Ten having an alliance, that, that's, that's more uh, another level of watch it, it it's going to happen. Yeah. It's so you, do you see a separation of the power four? I mean, your 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 Pac eight turn Pac ten turn Pac twelve. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, old, may, may, may it rest in peace. Right, right. right. Yeah, I, I do. I, th- I think we'll see that settle out. And but when I say markets will take care, of, so the dollars and how much you can get and all that kind of thing will, will happen. And I think there'll be more of an overlay that will come. And the idea that that Baker, the, the head of the NCAA, says, okay, there, you know, th- this is this is probably what should let's talk about this happening. How much is this? this is, it should be what happened. Let's talk about how this 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 new moment is going to take place. Um, there's my cousin out here. <laughs> this is Radio Row. <laughs> Ken's making friends. You know, he's celebrities. He's, uh, he's a real man of the people. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, but I got thrown off there. I'm sorry. This, this is live. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so, so, so we'll we'll. We'll see if the if the overlay comes of legislation kind of after the fact. I think you know the, the wrong wrong thing to occur is for you know, especially for Congress to say this is the way it is. Yeah. And we're I mean, have you seen some of those bills? That have yeah, I, and I think through? so. I think that's we don't want that. We, we want it. Want it. And, and I I just hope there's not too much damage done to any individual student athlete in this process with the transfer portal. Did you leave somewhere you shouldn't have? left and you weren't focused on what the big future was those sorts of things yeah and yeah. whatever counseling is in place for that I, I I don't have a good hand so so let's talk about that and and let's you know dial the the, the clock back right and so for our listeners who don't know so so Ken was a scholarship football player uh, at Stanford University but you didn't see a whole lot of playing time Okay. I saw no. no. Well, well, I'm well, trying to if be you nice. If you don't count, if you don't count freshman and junior varsity, <laughs> right? But on the varsity, right? You, you didn't see any playing time. Right. You were backup offensive line. That's right. Right. So down to a slim two fifteen now, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. See, that's a whole am, other conversation. Am I, am, I, am I catching you? That's a, you are. That's a, that's a whole other conversation uh, we can take our listeners through, perhaps at the end here, Ken's, Ken's journey. Uh, but. So let's think about it. So you're not getting a lot of playing time, right? You're at an elite academic institution, right? right? So would you have thought about the portal? I, I, mean, I think about this, this a lot. Yeah. Um, if, and, it was and, oper- if it was available to you without sitting, you know. You know, and it was, it was possible to transfer then. It was a whole big yeah, deal. Yeah, but you were sitting and, and losing and, a year of eligibility. And it, I will tell you, even even in that moment, I you know the the, the place that I almost went to was was Columbia. I mean, right. I'll talk about some of the other places, but that, that so you know maybe even doing something like that if that was more the mode of yeah you know what would I have lost going from you know, Stanford to to Columbia and 
no insult to my my brethren that played there, probably a much better chance of playing sure, sure. there than, than at, at Stanford. Absolutely. So, so, but you know, in general, but the idea of, of moving to get to the NFL that that that's kind of you know the different different yeah. question. I, I think they I think that got beaten out of me. You know, about sophomore year. So I don't know. Yeah. But but if the opportunity was there, it's a it's a great question. It's a great, you know, the I, I, it's talking with some Stanford guys about this, the idea of getting the the degree first at Stanford and then going somewhere else. Right. The whole grad thing. Well, that the grad transfer thing is, I think, is a wonderful. One, yeah. Right. You're incentivizing the athlete who who is truly the student athlete who yeah. gets their degree, yeah. has eligibility remaining, and should be, should be rewarded for that. That's a that's a great thing. And I'm the one who call these kids, and if I had a COVID year too, so I got right. 15 oh. years of college. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the six-year college experience, yeah. right? For for sure. Um, so interesting, yeah. And it's it's the moment, you know. We, we keep think waiting, and you see this kind of seismic change um, that has really come down in the last few years since since Obama and change in transfer rules, um, you know. And we've got this specter of this unanimous Supreme Court decision. Uh, you know, hanging over the hanging over the head of, of those who run intercollegiate athletics, with a concurrence from one of the justices, Justice Kavanaugh, that basically says, "Come and get it, right?" And, and it, not a concurrence joined by others, um, but it says, "Hey, like I got your back if you're challenging the NCAA." Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, you know, it, and and I, you know, the other Supreme Court decision that I think about is the affirmative action decision. Yeah, because. If, in fact, and, and it will, there's a decline in the number, especially of black men that go to colleges that aren't student-athletes. And so you think that's an inevitability? Which gets back to the day I was in. Right. When most of the brothers that were on campus at Stanford were, were playing some sport. Right. And, I, you know, and the, and the idea that it's Which got diversified the, in well, that Well, but way. then also then, for, you know, Further stigmatizes the athletes who were there, imposter syndrome, all the things that we've seen. Yeah. yeah. Right? What What sport do you did you, did right. you play? Right. Right. I'm, I'm waiting for people people to ask me that now. Somehow that. Well, you're getting the coach Singletary, <laughs> right? Ken, Ken's got people waving to him, say, "Hey, coach, hey, Iron Mike." I get the, the right? wire wire glasses back to That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, final thoughts on the state of intercollegiate athletics. I, I think we all need to stay tuned, but I think in the end, you know, when I worked. Um, in my thousand-year career, when I worked at the LA Olympic Organizing Committee, this is, um, by the way, for our listeners, this is the '84 LA Olympic Organizing yeah, not, Committee. Not, yeah, not, not the 2028 20, upcoming Olympic yeah, Organizing they'll, Committee. They'll, they'll have the senior senior board for that one. The one, whenever we were trying to make a decision, we always came back to what's in the best interest of the athlete. So, I, I think that should be part of the mantra as this whole collegiate sport goes forward mm-hmm. and that's the thinking and that, that's really what I was trying to convey in the mis- miseducation of the student athlete let's, let's think about you know a lot of money here and that sort of thing but how do we think about making sure these men and women have this opportunity to thrive later in life yeah and the, the challenge there of course is doing it without coming off as patriarchal right or matriarchal right yeah. depending on, on or paternalistic or paternalistic paternalistic or anything <laughs> else right um, but in also like it, it is a it's a really hard it's a hard problem, yeah, and it's and it's not going to be solved by posturing. It's not going to be solved by, um, you know, by legislative bodies coming up with, you know, partisan, uh, you know, partisan efforts here. Um, it, it, you know, it, my sense is it, it gets settled if we can't come to some sort of agreement before it's going to get settled in the court system. Yeah. Um, 
you know, before it would get settled, you know, anywhere else. We'll see. And there's, and it's going to take years for that to happen. Yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely. So, so one final, final comment. Get us back on Sirius. Where's Sirius? Can, can, we get, can we get a show back together? I mean, the Cusp show is great. The but, Cusp you know, show. The Cusp show. Let's is, put, this up, put it on Sirius. It's a modern day take, right, <laughs> on on what happens uh, in that world. I thought you were going to talk about your weight journey and your brag, no, we'll, bragging about. We'll, we'll get there. It. It's it's still ongoing. I don't it's want, it's I don't still ongoing, and I will say that from that previous show what we, that we did for years on, on, on Sirius XM, still to this day, my favorite line from any guest of all time was the New Year's resolution sports nutritionist who we had on, who Ken decided to eat a bag of chips, right, during this whole thing. He's munching and crunching on the air audibly. And I, I mentioned that to our guest, and she said, Ken, you can't outwork a bad diet. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you've been working on it. All right, yeah. Well, I, I no we longer dying at the cork because the cork doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and that's for our old, may, old may, listeners. May, yeah, may, may, come on. Like, why do you gotta bring me down like that, Ken? So, Ken Tropshire from the Wharton School, thank you so much for taking the time today. You've been listening to The Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast. We'll see you next time.